When you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad face or a sad countenance. They disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in secret in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Amen. Let's read that verse together. Verse number 18. He says that so that when you do, you do not appear to be, to men to be fasting, but to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Amen. So the scripture is saying that God rewards openly the fasting that is done in the secret place. Amen. Oh, I said Amen. God rewards us openly when we fast. It also means that there, is, there are benefits to fasting. Amen. You know, I was having a conversation just a, about a couple of hours ago with a, a, a bishop friend of mine. And we were talking and we came to the same conclusion that these days Christians do not really understand why we do what we do. Some of us, we came from the old school. We came from the Baptist, um, what's it called? The Baptist uh, culture, or some of us, we came from Scripture Union, were given the benefit of understanding the very foundation on which Christianity is built. But unfortunately, those of us who came from the stock of the charismatic church, we do things, or we join the church while the church was do, were doing things. And we have not taken our time to school ourselves to understand why things are done the way they are done. The reasons for which things are done. And so it really falls on us as pastors to take our time sometimes to, to, to teach and undergird the people that we are leading. Do you understand what I'm saying? Otherwise, people come in and say, say all sorts of things and then sweep away our congregation. Because they didn't have a good foundation. Bible says that if the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Amen. So I want to take my time and explain to us why we do what we do. What is the basis for, for fasting? What type of fasting we do? I think we did some of it last week and the week before. And the benefits we have in fasting. Amen. Amen. I gave you a few benefits yet, uh, last week, isn't it? I gave you 12 benefits last week. I want to give you 10 more benefits. Is that okay? 10 more benefits or 10 more reasons. You know, the aim, my aim, my aim for preaching this message, in fact, today's message, is so that you and I will periodically fast for our own lives. You shouldn't wait for the pastor or the church to declare fast before you fast. You must have a basis or a, a, an understanding why you do your own fast and what you are trying to gain from the fasting that you are fasting. Am I making sense? So that when you understand some of these things, you, want, you will be able to do it on your own intentionally and having the purpose for which you are doing what you are doing. Amen. Don't wait for the pastor to say at the end of the month, we are fasting for the month, then you also fast. Why are you fasting? What are you looking for? There, is, there must be an intention behind anything and everything we do. Am I making sense? There must be an intention behind everything. You see, in Christianity, everything is done for a reason. Am I making sense? Everything is done for a reason. So please, I am entreating all of you. If there is something being done in the church and you don't understand, go to your pastor and ask your pastor to explain to you. Am I making sense? Yeah. So that you just don't, because my, my, my bishop friend was telling me that somebody came and convinced one of his pastors that they must not uh, pay tight anymore. To the point that the pastor also decided, uh, 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 
was taken in by this person's conviction that he now started telling the church member that he's convicted that we sh they shouldn't pay tax, uh, uh, tithe anymore. And they shouldn't pay, give offerings anymore. Hallelujah. Because you see, this is the type of word that is infiltrated into the church. And it's Satan's agenda. The Bible says that if God has had to shorten the last days, otherwise the very elect will fall. They will be deceived. Why? Because angel, uh, Satan has re released lying spirits into the house of God. And they come as angel of light. They come with big titles. They come with big revelation. And because we ourselves don't have a good foundation, any tithe that comes sweeps us away. Amen. That, I mean, we ourselves, we don't want to give. Naturally, we don't want to give. So we don't need a lot of convincing not to give. Am I making sense? We ourselves, we don't want to fast. So we don't need a lot of convincing not to fast. So when somebody comes and says that it's not necessary to fast, we will stop fasting right now. So I am taking my time to give you more reasons why you must fast. Are you getting what I'm saying? I mean, I was telling my, my friend that I am going back to basis in everything we are doing. Because when I was in scripture union so many years ago, everything that we did we were, was explained to us. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was explained and questions are asked and questions are answered to our satisfaction so we understood what we're doing. Do you understand? And they didn't preach a lot of wild revelations. It was just simple, simple basics. And so, and you see, so when a scripture union person comes, they stay in Christianity till they, they, till they die. Charismatics, we have big revelations, big messages. No, no direction, no foundation. So one small thing, then you see them, we are all gone, including our pastors and everything. Stomach direction. Then they are blown away. Somebody said that there is no consequences of sin. Once you are saved, you are forever saved. So anything and everything, Christ has paid the price. For your sin to, uh, that you did before, your sin that you are doing today, and the sin that you do tomorrow. What lie? So why would he say that work out your own salvation? If you have already, the salvation has been bought for you. He said, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciple. If you start and you don't finish, you are not my disciple. Hallelujah. And if there is no uh, reward for our lives that we are living, then why does he say that he's going to we'll be judged according to the works we have done? See, already we don't want to do. We are leaning towards not doing. We want to live in sin. So we don't need a lot of convincing for us to say that sin is okay, then that's it. See, God, so loving and so caring and so compassionate, why would he send anyone to hell? There is no hell. Immediately we all take off, there's no hell. These are the things that are going on now in the church. And all you need is a big title. Call yourself Apostle, Doctor, Pro, uh, Prophet, Pope. And then people will just believe what you are saying. And you must sound convincing. Once you sound convincing, it's like I went to heaven and God has given me a new revelation. Satan has already been eliminated. There is no hell anymore. Live anyhow. Amen. Sounds good, doesn't it? Now you see us going off. Amen. 
So I want to convince you why you must fast and why it's a good thing to fast. So that you will live a life where you pour your heart in prayer and in fasting consistently. Hallelujah. He says that your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Which means that there is a reward for seeking the father with your stomach and in prayers. Amen. First benefit I want to talk about today. Today I'll give you 10 or 15, depending on how I feel. You can add it to the 12 if you like. But this one is actually benefit for you as an individual. Is that okay? Fasting, number one, sets us free of sin and its consequences. You know, sin has a hold. Hello? Sin has a hold. 1 Kings 21, uh, 25 to 29. 1 Kings. How many know of King Ahab? Oh, you are not minding me. Jezebel's husband. Good. 1 Kings 21, verse 25. 1 Kings 21 from verse 25 to 29. Bible says that, but there was no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord because Jezebel, his wife, stirred him up and he behaved very abominably in following idols according to all the Amorites, all that, that the Amorites had done, whom the Lord had cast out before the children of Israel. So it was when Ahab heard those words. This is the prophet has come to Ahab to say to Ahab that, King Ahab, God has sent me to come and tell you that amongst all the kings that have come, you are the worst. You are the worst king because your deeds are evil. Because your wife is an instigator, always instigating you to do bad things. And you, as foolish as you are, you always do it. So it was, Bible says, verse 27, when Ahab heard those words, he tore his clothes and he put sackcloth on his body and fasted and lay sackcloth and went about mourning. This is the bad boy. This is the one God is about to kill. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Does, has he sinned? Oh, I can't hear you. Has he sinned? Does he deserve the consequences of sin? So let's, let's read on. And the word of the Lord came to Elijah. Remember, Elijah was the prophet who was sent by God to go and deliver this bad news to him. Elijah, the Tishbites, the word of the Lord came to Elijah, the Tishbites, saying, read, read quickly, See how Ahab has humbled himself before me. Because he has humbled himself before me, I will not bring the calamity in his days. In the days of his son, I will bring the calamity on his house. So fasting has diverted his punishment. I say fasting can divert your punishment. Hallelujah. You see, when you fast, we, 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 we said last week that anytime you fast, you humble yourself. How many know that when your child does something naughty and you're about to cane the child and the child humbles themselves and regrets what they've done and asks you for forgiveness, it takes away the strength you had for the punishment. How many know what I'm talking about? That is what that is what when you fast it does. It brings a certain favor on you even though you don't deserve it. And so even though you deserve punishment, that empathy or that compassion that comes on to to God's heart takes away the punishment that you deserve. 
Hallelujah. When David sinned and God came through the prophet to say that you have sinned, he did the same thing. He put sackcloth on and he fasted all night and prayed. Psalm 51. And he said, forgive me. Saul also sinned. When the prophet came to Saul to say, this is what you have done. What did Saul do? It's not me. Saul argued his way. You see, sometimes as Christians, we like to argue our way. When we know we have done the wrong and we deserve punishment, we are trying to justify and the way we justify ourselves sometimes is to look at somebody who's doing something worse than we are doing. And we try to use that thing that, or that person to justify ourselves. Use the people. Always trying to find reasons. Bible says they're broken and a contrite spirit. God cannot reject it. When you fast, you break his, his heart. You break that power of his anger is taken away. Hallelujah. Oh, I say Hallelujah. Let me give you another story. Israel had sinned, had done so many bad things, and God had come with so much anger, so much venom. And God says, I am coming to bring, uh, what do you call it, the, your enemies. I am going to go behind your enemies and empower them to come and wipe all of you out. So that you see. Joel chapter 2. Quickly. So he can say, blow the trumpet, sound the alarm in my holy mountain. Let the inhabitants of the land tremble for the Lord, for the day of the Lord is coming. For it is a hand. The day of the Lord means the day of your punishment. A day of darkness and gloominess, a day of clouds and thick darkness, like the morning clouds spread over the mountains. A people Come, great and strong, like whom you have never ever been, never been before, nor ever will there be such after them. Even for many successive generations. Can you see the venom? Can you see the venom God has? That he's coming with the people. The people are coming like locusts to come and destroy everybody. For the sake of time, I won't read all of it. Let's jump to 12. Now, therefore, says the Lord, tend to me with all your heart, with fasting. Someone says it with fasting. And with weeping. And with mourning. How many agree that Israel deserves punishment? Now, the God who has come through the prophet to say that you have done this evil, you have done this evil, verse 1 through to 11, they have done this evil, this evil, this evil, so I'm sending the Amorites to come and destroy you. The same God says that, now turn to me with your heart, with fasting and weeping and with mourning. Let's go on. So rend your heart and not your garment. Return to the Lord your God. For he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and he relents from doing harm. Who knows if he will turn and relent and leave a blessing behind, a grain offering and a drink offering for the Lord your God. Now look at it. He says, so blow a trumpet in Zion, consecrate a fast, call a sacred assembly. Gather the people, sanctify the congregation, assemble the elders, gather the children and the nursing babes. Let the bridegroom go out of his chamber and the bride from his dressing room. Let the priest who minister in the, in the, to the Lord weep between the porch and the altar. Let them say, spare your people, O Lord, and do not give your heritage to reproach that the nation should rule over them. 
Why should they say among the people, where is their God? Then, somebody say then. Then the Lord will be jealous for his hand and zealous for his land and pity his people. The Lord will answer and say, behold, I will send you grain and wine and oil and you will be satisfied by them. I will no longer make you a reproach among the nations. Do they not deserve punishment? How come now God has changed the punishment into a blessing? Now he says he's bringing us grain. Didn't we deserve uh, starvation? Didn't we deserve farming? Didn't they deserve uh, for the nations to come and uh, overrun them and kill all of them? But when you repent and you lay your stomach down and you go to God, he says that he relents from doing harm and he will leave a blessing instead of a curse. Hallelujah. So it is a very good thing to do, to bring yourself to the place where you, you consecrate your own fast. Hallelujah. To consecrate your own personal fast. Don't wait for the church to consecrate a fast before you fast. No. What about if the church forgets? Amen. So, can you see Ahab as a person, single person, goes to God in fasting and God turns his captivity around. I mean, he's the worst, he's the most wicked king. He's the worst of all the worst kings that ever came. And yet, with his fasting and his repentance, God forgives. The whole nation have done wrong and with their repentance, God forgives. You want another story? Jonah. Let's go to Jonah chapter 2. Hallelujah. Are you learning something? Jonah chapter 3 verse 5. So you know the story, don't you? Jonah had, uh, Nineveh had sinned against God because their wickedness had come to God. And God sends the prophet Jonah. So the people of Nineveh believed God. They believed what Jonah said. And proclaimed the fast. And put on sackcloths. From the greatest to the least. The word of the Lord came to the king of Nineveh. The word came to the king of Nineveh. And he arose from his throne. And laid aside his robe. And covered himself with sackcloth. And ash, sat in ashes. And you know those days when you put ashes on you, it means you are in a state of mourning. You are in a state that you have consecrated. You have, you have brought yourself low. Hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through the, throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles saying, let neither man nor beast nor herd nor flock nor taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water. But let, let man and beast be covered in, with sackcloth and cry mightily to the God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in, the, in, in his hand. Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Verse 10. Bible says that then God saw their works that they turned from the, their evil way and God relented from the disaster that he said he would bring upon them that he said he would bring upon them and he did not do it. Hallelujah. God did not do it. See, the Bible says that God does not want to see the, see anyone perish. He doesn't want to see us perish. So already his heart is, is leaning towards forgiving. And when we come to a place of repentance and a place of, of humility and a place where we, we put our pride and our stomachs down, he, he, he's just forced to relent. 
and reverse the curse. Am I talking to somebody? So I want you to know when things are not going on right in your, in your life, things are hard, things are difficult, maybe there's a curse that you are under. Hallelujah. Why don't you go to God? The king of Nineveh was not a righteous person. But he knew that when he repents, God will relent. Ahab was a very bad boy. But he knew that when he repents and he, he goes to God in fasting, God will relent. The people of Israel knew that when they go to God and they repent, God will relent. I want you also to know this from today. That when you go to God and you repent and you lay your stomach down, God will relent. How many believe what I've just said? How many are going to fast because of that? Hallelujah. To change your situation. Amen. Number two, fasting brings you into favor. Fasting brings you into favor. We just read Joel chapter 2 from verse 12. These are the people who are supposed to be in God's bad books. Isn't it true? They're supposed to be in God's bad books. He's about to destroy them. But the fasting just made God favor them rather than punishing them. I don't know about you, but I'd rather God give me favor than judgment. Am I talking to somebody? I'd rather he favor me than to punish me. And if it means putting my stomach down for God to favor me, then it's an easy thing to do. Or you don't agree with me. Then it's an easy thing to do. I'd rather put my stomach down. I'd rather go to God than my enemies get me. Oh, you didn't like what I said. The way you are quiet, I don't know whether you understand me, you are receiving what I'm saying or not. It brings you to favor. Remember Esther in Esther chapter 4. Haman had convinced the king to annihilate all the Jews. And Mordecai got wind of the story that this is what um, Haman had been able to do. So the king was getting ready to kill everybody. Everybody who was a Jew. And Mordecai, Esther's uncle, came to Esther and said, listen, don't think that you are safe in the palace. When Israel is dying, the Jews are dying, you also have to die because you're also a Jew. Esther was saying that, you know, you don't understand the protocol in this place is such that you cannot go and see the king if the king has invited you. And it's not my turn. The king is not inviting for the next two, three months. I cannot go. If I go and he doesn't lift the scepter, I may lose my head. So the uncle said, don't think that you have security. Who knows whether God has brought you for such a time as this. I'm in verse 15 now. So, Esther says to her, her uncle Mordecai. Then Esther told them to reply Mordecai. Quick. Go and gather all the Jews who are present in Sushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night and day. My mates and I will fast likewise. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Hallelujah. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. Guess what? When Esther, after fasting and going to the king, she received favor. Because the protocols of the land were changed because of her fasting. May the protocols of the land be changed because of your fasting. 
Oh, I say, may the protocols of, of the workplace be changed because of your fasting. May an employer change their mind because you have laid down your stomach to pray for three days and three nights and believe God to change things. Hallelujah. See, these are powerful weapons that we have as believers. But half of the time we don't use them. So we go through the same uh, uh, cycle and we go through the same punishment as unbelievers, as mere people. He says that because you have rejected knowledge, I've also rejected you. My people perish for lack of knowledge. The knowledge is there, but we don't use them. So you have a boss who is cantankerous, who is giving you a lot of pressure. Why don't you go on your knees? Three days and three nights. Sit on the floor in your room. Don't move. Put your stomach down and see whether God will not touch their hearts. See whether things will not be reversed. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Strongholds are pulled down when we deploy the weapons we have. But half of the time we are sleeping. We love to sleep. We love to slumber. We like to eat and go for second and third and fourth. Eat all you can and can all you eat. Hallelujah. And that is how come we don't walk in a certain type of power. We don't walk in a certain type of favor. Can you imagine the queen broke all protocol. Went into the king's Bible says, verse chapter 5, uh, the next chapter uh, 5, it says, so now when it happened on the third day that Esther put on a royal robe and stood in the, quick, in the inner court of the king's chamber, uh, palace, across from the king's house, while the king sat on his royal throne in the royal house, facing the entrance of the house. So it was when the king saw the queen standing in the court, she found what? Oh, she found what? In, the, in his sight. And the king held out his, to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Then Esther went near and touched the top of the scepter. If the scepter had not been lifted, Esther would have lost her head. But you see, in her bedchamber with her maidservants, she changed things. In your bedchamber or with your stomach, you change things. Am I talking to somebody? It is time for us to change some things. I said it's time for us to change some things. Change some things in your ministry. The church is not working. Go into your back chamber. Sit on the floor for three days and three nights. Change some things. Let favor come. Amen. Let the king lift up the scepter towards you. Do you think that the scepter was lifted because Esther is beautiful? Do you think the scepter was lifted because uh, Esther knew the protocols? She had just broken down. Hallelujah. Favor is not fair. Oh, I say favor is not fair. God is not a fair God. He says that I lift one up and I put one down. I choose the one I want to favor. And then favor them. That is what makes him God. It's not because they are working hard. It's not because they have done all the right things. If it was because of working hard and doing the right things, then David doesn't qualify. Because I think David did much, much wrong things than uh, Saul. But he says that I have found a man after my heart. Why? Because favor is not fair. I say favor is not fair. It is not by our righteousness lest any man boast. It's by his favor. 
and you can you can work your way towards his favor. Amen. Do you know that there are some children who are smart, they know how to win the favor of their parents. I was one like one of those type of children. I knew how to win the favor of my father. All my father likes is that you go and sit by him. That's all. Because he was such a lonely man. He was a very lonely person. My father was a very lonely man. He's always sitting by himself. Is that that you're sitting there? Then he'll be telling you stories about what Kwame Nkrumah did, what Bedema did, what Kojobotio did, what uh, Kotoka did, what this person did. I had, I was only three or four. You're talking, I don't have any idea. I didn't want to know. And when we went, Samora Michelle, this said this, and then uh, whatever person said this, I didn't even know Samora Michelle. It was much, much, much later that said some of these stories I've heard before. I was only three, four. I was, you know why I was sitting there? When you sit there for two, three hours, you know, my father will come, he will go and have a shower, then come and sit down, watch TV a little, watch news, and then when he finishes watching the news, he will drink a little, then before he starts to eat. By the time he's eating, it's around 8.39. At that age, for 8.30, felt like 2 a.m. for me. Because I'm going, but if I sit there past 8.30, past the time he's eating, he'll give me oven fresh. Oven fresh was a, a biscuit. There are four in, the, in it. Four. It's ginger, dried ginger biscuit, oven fresh, and seven up. You know seven up is? Yeah. I mean, that's why I came. <laughs> I'll sit there. I'll sit there. So sometimes he'll say, Christo, Take this. Go and do your brother Alewa. Because he wanted company. Want, you know what Alewa is? <laughs> go and do that. It's just so that he will, my brother will go. Yeah. Because he wanted company. Because he was a little older than me, so that at least he could understand better. My brother too didn't want to know. So sometimes when I go, I'm doing this, then when he gets angry, then he'll go. But he, when he goes there, he's there, he goes straight for the biscuit. He's like, give me. And he'll fight and irritate the man. So either the man gives or he sacks him. Then he says, okay, he'll give me, then it's fine. Then he goes, that means I'll sit there. Sometimes you see me nodding. I'm listening to Samora Michelle. It just makes their heart turn towards you. Sometimes... All you have to do is go to the presence of the Lord. Don't pray too much. Sometimes we pray too much. Shut up. Just sit down. You're sitting down, you're sleeping. But you are there. Do you understand what I'm saying? You are there, you are in the presence. You pray a little, you sleep a little, you pray a little, you sleep a little, you pray a little, you sleep a little. You are there. I'm showing you how to win God's favor. Then God will start telling you about Samuel Michelle. And uh, what's the one who just died? No, no, no. He's very old. Very dark with his hair. He's in, uh, is it Zaire or? Sorry? Kenneth Kawunda. Tell me how Kaunda came to visit uh, the president in the middle of the night. He took, uh, uh, what do you call it, went to uh, Pedrasu Lodge to go and have a secret meeting. And he was the only one who knew. He was the one who drew this person. And then this person came from here. And you don't understand those stories, don't we? Eh? You want to know who my, my father was his personal secretary. So he tell me some secret stories. I have no idea. I was only a little 
All I want is something fresh and seven up. <laughs> Just give me and let me go. Hallelujah. But amongst all the children, I was his favorite. Not because I did anything. But I was the only one who went and sit by him. Are you, are you getting it? Sometimes we are so busy, we don't like to sit by him. Come today, I've come. I'm not eating the whole day. I'm come to sit by you. You want oven fresh. That is your aim. But just sit down. Every night I got oven fresh. You know, the oven fresh. Somebody's watching, say, what is oven fresh? biscuit, it's like one, two, three, four. And then I think it's in five of, so it's five and four in the packet. Transparent packet. It's brown ginger dried biscuit. One, two, three, four. If you are not a certain age, you won't know what I'm talking about. But in my country, that was one, two, three, four. Then it's one, two, three, four, five. So he buys them in packets because of me. And then he will never, he will hide them. And he, I'll come and sit there the whole night. I'll be sitting and sleeping and nodding and sleeping and nodding. And he'll say, okay. Then he'll go up, you know, on top of his wardrobe. Then he'll take one. Then he'll give one biscuit. It's only four in it. And uh, a can of seven up. And it's like, the, I mean, I'm on top of the moon. Then I'll go and sleep. Only to come back tomorrow evening. To go through the same process. <laughs> this day and age, if you do that to a rich, I don't mind you. <laughs> don't mind you. Fasting brings God's favor. Amen. Number three. Fasting also causes us to rely on him. Amen. If you are somebody who lives a life of fasting, your, your, your strength will be in God's power and not in your own strength. Amen. Remember, I was telling you a story on uh, Sunday in uh, Psalm 63. David has just been run out of town by his son, Absalom. Absalom has, uh, has slept with his concubines, seven of them, in the view of every, in the glare of everybody. And he, had, he was running. The father is being chased out by the son. And the son goes into the wilderness. Wilderness, there's no food. He ran in the middle of the night. He didn't take any provision. He went into... Uh, the wilderness of Judah. He was running away. Psalm 63 from 1. Quickly. Oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul tests for you. The man hasn't drunk any water. He's in the wilderness. And he's saying that this test is not because of me. The test is because of you. My soul tests after you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and a thirsty land. So he says that the hunger pains that I'm feeling right now is for you. See, when you fast and you rid yourself of food, it makes you hungry spiritually for something. And that something is God. When you fast and you are thirsty, the test, is it me alone or you have some dry taste in your mouth? Me, I've gone, my, my mouth has gone past the bitter stage. Now it's just dry. It's just dry. And it's that, it's like it's calling for something. See, sometimes when you, when you, are, when you fast after a while, you don't, water tastes bitter. I may know what I'm talking about. 
it tastes bitter. Because what you need is not water. What you need is more than water. If you haven't tried three days fasting without water and food, try it. You, you understand what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Don't worry, you won't die. <laughs> Do it only for three days. <laughs> hallelujah. Oh, I say hallelujah. Amen. Verse 2. So I looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory. Because of your loving kindness, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Thus, I'll bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness. You know that when you are hungry, you think and fantasize about different types of food. That when you are, you, are, you are satisfied, you won't even think about it. You see, sometimes when you are reading a Bible, like me, I tell you, I'm not a very clever person, so I like to read the Bible in motion pictures. So I'm picturing the guy hungry and starving in the wilderness and how he's imagining, what does marrow and fatness mean? It's like, it's like just imagine barbecue, steak on the grill, Oh, Rose. <laughs> when I said Rose, I said, <laughs> medium rare. And it's just sizzling into the fire. The bone and the marrow, the fatness, the fat is dripping off the meat into the fire. This is what David was imagining. And my mouth shall praise with her joyful lips as I'm imagining eating. <laughs> when I remember you on my bed, I meditate. You know when you're hungry, you haven't eaten for a long time, sleep doesn't come easily. But he's saying that the sleep that is not coming is my meditation. Now I'm using that time to think about you. See, you didn't see that when you read the scripture, did you? Verse 7. Because you have been my help, therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. Hallelujah. My soul follows close behind you. You are my right, your right hand opposed me. Hallelujah. Oh, I said hallelujah. Are, are you understanding what, what, what we just read? The, 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 the fasting that the guy is fasting is just drawing him close. Close. It draws you, fasting draws you closer to God. When I got born again, it was a norm, fashion. Going to the, we go into the wilderness, going through the gardens, and you go and be there. Three, four days. It was a normal thing. These days, we are all in suits and eating steak. <laughs> Hallelujah. I say it's time to make fasting attractive one more time. It's time to make prayer one more uh, attractive. It's time to make retreat attractive. Hallelujah. What number are we on? I think this message is a camp meeting message. What do you think? Because my time is far gone. And I'm only on what number? I'm, on, I'm now going to number four. Okay, I'll just mention it and then I'll close. I'll continue this message another time. What do you think? Is that a good idea? How many want to? Maybe one, one all night will do it. Because I have, I have about 15 to give you. Fasting helps you to feel the fruit of the Spirit. Fasting helps you to feel the fruit of the Spirit. Galatians 5.22, by the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, self-control. 
against which there is no law. How many know that when you are fasting, you become cool? <laughs> Hello? You become cool. You can't fight. You can't quarrel. And when you know how to fast, you can control your temper. When you, know, when you can fast, it means you can suppress the desires of the body. Amen. So it makes you temperate. When we become gluttonous, then our emotions is free. Have you not realized that if you want to propose to a lady, take the person to go and eat? But when they eat, their guts are down. See, most business people know this secret. If you want to get somebody to sign a contract, take them to a big meal. You feed them. <laughs> Put the paper. You see, they'll be talking a lot of nonsense and they'll be very, very free by the time you realize you have signed. But when the person is not eating, <laughs> their eyes are wide open. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many understand what, what we are talking about? So you see, the fruit of the spirit, you know, in that uh, Galatians 5, it talks about how the flesh is at war with the spirit. But the thing that fuels the flesh is food. The thing that fuels the spirit is fasting. I don't know whether you understand what I'm saying. The same vessel, the same body, what fuels it to do the thing that it does against the spirit of God is food. When you deprive the body of food, you fuel the spirit within you. Amen. That is why we have to fast. That is why you as an individual must learn how to live a fasted life. Stand to your feet.